So Melissa and I have um, split the cooking. Oh. Literally half, half and half. Half Melissa, half me. So well, thank, thank you. you. And do you know you what? So I just think that it's a bit underrated gratitude and food. And I think we should kind of reintroduce that. Mm, yeah. I think we should um, think about that and think about what's gone into it. So thank you very, very much mm, for that. Thank you. That's a pleasure. I think that um, we both have a real passion for cooking. Um, love food, love cooking, and I hope that comes out in what you're eating because I think too many people forget that you actually, you know, imbue food with the energy with, that you've made it really. Yeah. So, um, mm, it's yeah, life giving. Mm. Well, it's yes. the sharing of the wealth of life, isn't it? And you're, it's not, you're not just holding it to yourself, you're saying, everybody come mm. and share. I love that open table mm. thing, you know, as well, don't you? Which, is, which has been a dream about my city, which is Chichester, is actually feeding the city is being able to feed the city as yeah. a sort of gift to the city, mm. you know, and I think we should kind of do more of that mm. kind of thing. So just ask Little City today, but thank you mm. very much. Thank you very much. Well, yeah. thank you. that also brings me into saying thank you so much for coming and sharing lunch with us. Um, you're all really, really busy people. And so I know to carve out this much time is a big ask, and I'm incredibly grateful that you're here. So um, Melissa and I don't need any introduction because um, our our support base and our members know enough about us but um, we have amazing guests around the table today and just because I'm looking at you no, no other no <laughs> other order <laughs> I'm looking at the food <laughs> thank you I'm so hungry <laughs> I, I actually think it's going to be nicer for you all to introduce yourselves um, so you know you've got all these tidbits and this wealth of experience and everything yeah. and um, can you can you tell us Bit more background. Yeah, tell us the background. <laughs> so I'm Rohan, um, also known as Dr. Ro. I am 55 this year, going on 60, and I'm enjoying that those years behind me. Um, grew up as a mix between half Sri Lankan, half Brummie. My mum's from Birmingham. So actually, funnily enough, I know most of this is vegetarian. My father was a Buddhist and very much was very much in, in keeping with sort of sort of natural, early, healthy eating. But sadly, uh, suffered with problems with his health at a young age, had a stroke at 27, another one at 29, paralysed at 36, multiple strokes, and then passed away at 46 in 1979. So I kind of grew up into a family where um, there was awareness of health and Mm. issues, um, and I was tested at a very young age because it was all to do with, is it hereditary, etc. So I was quite conscious at a young age of what we do with our lives and whether it was stress, etc. He had problems with his blood. But I came from a very Asian background. We're, we're always taught, get a good education and you must study hard. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was either engineering, optometry, accountancy, uh, and I actually studied hard. I got my degree and my PhD in engineering. But at the age of 1920, I started reading a lot of personal development books. And I think after my father died, I was, I was searching for something. There was a bit of a gap going on. And um, I just read so much about human growth that I started at 20 going out in front of young audiences of teenage kids in schools and colleges, talking about communication, beliefs, values, and I think bringing a lot of stuff that I'd learned about myself to the table. Um, So that was a parallel journey through becoming an engineer and studying really hard. And the passion took over in 1998 when I left my career and I started to teach people. um, And I've been doing that for a long time now. So the field of personal development, emotional development, um, spiritual development sort of came into play, which is quite different from being an engineer. 
Um, did you do any engineering? Then? I did. I did for about nearly 10 years, actually. Mm. I, I rose to the top of my profession, Was I won an award with the Institute of Civil Engineers and all of those things. But there's this huge tear in my heart, which was I'm not what I'm qualified to do. It's like we're, all, we're often we meet each other mm. and we say, what do you do? That's often the first thing that yeah. we do when we meet people. It's like, who are you? Mm. Nobody ever says, who are you? Do We say, mm. what is it you do? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I kind of wrestled with that for a long time. And my mum was like, what are you doing? Like, you know, because she, she, wouldn't your, your father be so proud of you being this engineer? But there was something more inside me. So, started several businesses to help create an income that allowed me to do what I wanted to do, which was to travel the world. And I've been privileged now. I think it's twenty-five different countries, audiences from fifty to ten thousand, and that's been an amazing journey. Um, I wrote a book in two thousand and eleven called Turning Point, which is about. Not waiting for things to happen, mm, but to, yeah. you know, you create your own turning points. Mm. A lot of the work I did was with people that says, oh, you know, I found my husband in bed with this other woman. And that was the turning point. I knew the relationship was in trouble. And, and then I left him then. Yeah. Or somebody else got made redundant and they started their own business. And that was my turning point. I kept thinking this term keeps coming up. Mm. And when I looked at it, everybody waits for stuff to happen. So it was about creating choices. Mm. So that's been the journey. And we crossed paths, I think, partly because of health. We did, um, and then, and, uh, and mutual connections. Yeah, and then um, Rob and I have been. Um, You've been you guests know, on our podcast. We've been so grateful to be guests on, on your uh, Cicado podcast yeah. and everything, which is yeah. amazing and has grown exponentially. Yeah, that's, I think that's twenty thousand downloads now, which hasn't been going that long. Um, father of two, six-year-old and a twelve-year-old. My fiance is Danish, and uh, she's a bit younger than me. She's a massive health fan as well but my mum got cancer about 23 years ago and that changed us a lot with our diet and we started to really take a look at this and she came off meat and dairy and all those things and they didn't have to do chemotherapy I still <clears throat> vouch internally and I say to people I think that was a big change because um, it was talked about lots of things we mm. need to do to her but actually mm. apart from a tiny bit of surgery she swung through in the year and it's been an amazing journey oh, since that's then wonderful. and I wrote about it in the book not to not to preach, but to say, look at mm. what we eat. What if we can turn <clears throat> our internal? Because yeah, yeah. we're this walking pharmacy, aren't we? Yeah, mm. yeah. we are. So. <laughs> I know. Well, this uh, is yeah. what nature gives us mm. as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. To uh, help our mm. bodies to yeah. access everything that we need. I think mm. that I, I was in a very very busy career where everything was eat on the go, mm. and and so I, I found myself moving away from this, stopping mm. to prepare, being busy. Mm. Uh, and being almost forced because we would be, sometimes my profession was civil engineering you'd be mm. on site at oh. five in the morning yeah. and you'd grab what yeah. you could you had thousands of pounds worth of equipment there do I grab a snack now and I had part of the reason I left the career was because I had to prioritise my health I saw my father mm. yes. pass away under yeah. a lot of stress and I just thought I can't, I'm not prepared to do that yeah. so my whole value system completely changed mm. and I wrote about this in the book it was like it, success was my number one value mm. and then that shifted to health so what do I need to do to become healthy first and then I'm successful after that anything I do mm. after that is a, that was a big shift oh, yeah. Yeah. health is wealth and that's a bit that's a big part <laughs> that so of true, um, you know our children aren't, aren't taught that food is information mm. that informs no, so your genes and the way your yeah. genes express I mean mm. if we mm. if we really learned that from a young age we would eat so differently yeah. and we would take care of our bodies so differently. Just, Just the choices as well we'd make. When I think these forced. days, though, that the, the environment that people are in, you know, are such a pressure, the, the food environment, in effect, which when I was younger, we never really had. 
because I, mean, I was brought up in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and you know you just didn't have that access you didn't have access to money really as, no. as a kid so you, you kind of had to eat what your parents gave you so there wasn't this access to shops and yeah. what's in the shop do you know instant what I mean instant food so I mean people from my daughter's school when she was yeah, they used to stop at Poundland to get their breakfast, literally, oh. to stop to get the sweets. At, at mm. but, the, but the whole pressure is on them. The food environment, they just don't have that environment where they have no. the choice. Mm. Um, and almost, you know, having a daughter, you know, obviously, who's just like, if I say to her, you know, do this, she just, just does the opposite. I'm hoping, <laughs> it's, I'm hoping it's all going yeah. in. But, you know, it's diff- much more difficult, isn't it? For but they model us, it, don't they? So yeah. I think... Hopefully, yeah. I do believe they do. I think, but there's certain levels of resistance. Like my twelve-year-old resisting. I think. I think with yeah. teenagers, they are. Yeah. You know, you just got to trust that everything is yeah, going in, and in. it will come yeah, back yeah. out. Mm. So, Kate. Oh, since I know, just, be, just before you put that in your mouth, since, yeah, since before you start eating. <laughs> we so yes. So this is Kate. Yes, Cook. that's me. So Kate, please tell us about you. Well, um, I'm a nutritional therapist like you. And uh, so I trained in the last century. Yeah, I did. Did you as well? Trained um, in the last century? No, not, not quite. quite. Yeah, not quite. just just under. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So um, and I have uh, had a, a very busy uh, clinic in Harley Street uh, called the Nutrition Coach, mm. and I was lucky enough at the beginning because it was really easy to get. Um, clients in those days like shooting fish in a barrel and that, like say. so it was very easy because lots of people were writing books at that time nutritional therapy was really popular but there weren't very many nutritional therapists about mm-hmm. 200 when I started off 235 wow. members Compared to, of Bant what is it like something crazy over yeah, 50,000 yeah. now isn't it well I don't know in the UK um, but yeah I mean certainly we're a growing really growing profession now so yeah so I, I started off I wrote quite a few books I've written eight books I oh, did wow. a TV series in the, <laughs> in the uh, 90s um, and then I went into corporate so I'm a corporate nutritionist mm. so it's teaching um, it's teaching well-being in companies really so yeah again you know I'm lucky to have spoken all over the world with that and uh, trying to make nutrition fun <laughs> <laughs> so it's trying, to, it's trying to bring the silliness back into nutrition and then actually I'm also studying anthropology of food which is kind of a bit esoteric but there you go and so my, I suppose my sort of interest lies in the root causes of nutritional problems, looking right back into farming, you know, so not how it re- ends up in the shop. So, you know, that's one of my passions. Another one is community and cities. So um, bringing back, you know, taking out big data out of cities and taking out is all this sort of, you know, tracking, tracking people through big data. That's what people want to do in well-being and actually bringing it back to a very local level. And as I was saying, you know, feeding cities, but feeding it through community. And not last but not least, I run the Nutrition Network, which is a network of about three and a half thousand nutritional therapists. And and it's magic. It does magic in the Nutrition Network, actually. It's really a good thing, mainly because I have absolutely sort of nothing to do with it. My my lovely manager, Alison, runs the whole thing. I think if I had something to do with it, I mean, I do all the sort of interviews and things, but... It's really successful. But it's, her, it's community. You know. It's about Again, community. And it's about community. Absolutely. Mm. It's about networking. Community is my big, big thing. I mm. suppose. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that's me. Well, Kate, thank you. We're yeah. very lucky to have you. <laughs> Jules. Well, I'm feeling slightly um, 
Or shall I say undereducated, perhaps? Not, no. not <laughs> absolutely not at all. We are we are so <laughs> lucky that um, also that you're local. Mm. But so um, it is um, very local to me. I mean, we're talking mm. four hundred meters or so. Oh wow! <laughs> so I am very local. Um, I guess possibly the best way to describe me is somebody who's who's gone through life never accepting the party line, mm. never accepted <clears throat> what um, I've been told on first discussion, mm. always question everything I've been told. And it's something that I've found over the years that has, has stood me in good stead. Never ever take the first answer, ask why you're being told that, who told you, mm. why did they tell you that? What was their evidence to prove that that was the right thing to do? Mm. And that's stood me in, in really good stead. And over the last two years of craziness, uh, what I've found is that although I was upset, because I asked those questions and because I do go to the roots of things, even though I might not be happy with what I find, mm. I'm finding out the truth. Mm. And so therefore you have closure on things. Mm. So I guess, <clears throat> although I've not written many books, mm. And I've, I don't run thousands of people. What I do do is I run a software company. Mm. And the way that I run that software company, I would like to think is the most human way possible. What I've found over the years of working in, in corporate software companies is they want drones. They want to take mm -hmm. humanity away from you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when you see the unhappiness that people have to put up with, thinking that that's all that they're going to ever have in the corporate world it, it really does it it's it's broken my heart on numerous occasions and this is the reason why i start started the business with the philosophy to do it in as uh, human a way as possible so people my employees come in at nine o'clock and they are not allowed to stay after five o'clock they have to go i do not allow them to stay any longer if they Seriously, if they phone up and they say, I don't feel like working today, take the bell. Mm. Sometimes it's just better not turning up if you're not going to mm. function in the way that you should do. And the communication that they have with one another and trying to teach them how to do that in a human way, mm. don't keep trying to remove the humanity from it. There's a challenge sometimes in mm. software and sort of mm. digital and computer kind of signs of things. Isn't it is, very much so. And actually, mm. you know, when we're, you know, to the point that you were making just a short while ago, which was that we, we've headed towards this craziness of, of walking around with telephones that are our identity. Mm. I mean, that is madness in itself. Uh, to think that you can describe a human in a QR code on your phone, you know, it, it, mm. it, it, it mm. fills me with dread, absolute dread, because a human is so much more than what is mm. on, a, on a mobile phone. Mm. And so um, my sort of mission in life really is to try to use what I know about humanity, you know, about us as humans living here and trying to function in a software development company trying to produce software that is that is designed to look after other humans in a way that we don't end up sort mm. of running ourselves into the ground. And, <clears throat> you know, I, in some ways I have to take a little bit of responsibility because back in the 80s and the 90s, you know, I spent all my time designing mobile phone networks. You know, the software that runs in base stations is probably some code that I wrote many, many years ago. Um, 
But along the way, what I found was that I got more and more disturbed about what we were trying to achieve. Right. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I worked at Orange when they were doing the first versions of the location services. So where is that mobile phone? And a young lady got herself stuck on the side of a cliff. And we used this magic technology to mm. find her and rescue her from the side of a cliff. Mm. At the time, I remember thinking to myself, you know what? I'm so glad we did that tech mm. because we found someone. Mm. But then you see what starts to happen. And what comes over as a great idea mm. suddenly mm. becomes perverted. Mm. And what we see all the time yeah. is all of these great ideas become perverted. And, you know, it's not necessarily the fact that technology is bad. Yeah, it exactly. is. It is really about the way that technology is put to use. Well, I had to write an essay in my MA, and it was basically the the topic was it's not so much technology, but who controls it. Mm, so precisely. that it was totally mm. it was about actually GM mm. GM food. So mm. it was yeah. it was looking at you know how actually. But what's interesting about anthropology? <laughs> What's interesting about anthropology is that it's looking, you know, as opposed to sociology, sociology is looking at big data and anthropology is looking at stories. And I think that's what I love about anthropology. But it was looking about how this sort of almost the, the sort of the emergence of of um, ground root kind of swell of the ground root. Mm. It's quite individual. So you see this kind of. Well, in, the, in, the, in this, it was GM, the pressure of GM and the pressure of uh, being introduced into Africa and also into Mexico. Mm. And what you see is people just objecting to that. And actually, they kind of, because they have local knowledge, they know how to actually kind of throw these people out, actually. Mm. That's what not what the community agrees with. Mm. So it's much more fluid than sometimes we see as this great big sort of pressures of big tech and all mm. the rest, them kind of pressuring, you know, bearing mm. down on us actually it's about the fact that we are human and we have lots of little ways around things mm. and and that really came you know in other words mm. they're trying to control the technology we actually humans being humans find a way around it we do yes so precisely yeah. and, and i think probably what i what i would bring personally to this table is is the experience of having to work my way through all of these different things over the years to eventually find a way that I can teach others this methodology, mm. but without mm. teaching them, but by doing it by example. You know, mm. I, I hope that one day when the people who work for me will perhaps use what they've learned and think, no, I don't want to go down that route. I want to be more human about the way that I run a business mm. and and not just do it for the money because the money doesn't make me happy. Mm. No. But no. If you get in in the morning and you can see that all the people that are working with you and for you are doing it with a smile on their face, that's worth it mm. so much more. Mm. Because those people, you know, are, are happy. You know, so I think that's where we're so privileged with what we do at A and H because mm. we get up in the morning with a purpose and mm. a passion. And for us, yes, we work really hard. But we do it because it means so much mm. to us. Mm. Um, and it's about, 
think reconnecting, mm. reconnecting with our roots, with the natural world, with food, mm. everything that we're talking about, we've lost those connections. Mm. This is a great day at the office. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, it is a good day at the I'd, office. I'd like Sorry. to say it's a typical day at the <laughs> yeah. office. Just say it is. We do every day. We yeah. wouldn't get any work done if we no. produce this every day. I yeah. think it's a good point though, because I think a lot of people wake up in the morning and the only purpose is to pay their bills. Yes. Yeah. They, you know, they're, 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 they're just yes. fighting debt away or they've got to clear, clear the mortgage. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's this focus on a daily basis to survive, which means enjoying it. Yeah, and then you're living in the wrong part of your brain, which you obviously mm-hmm. know yeah. a lot more about than me. Well, I mean, survival, you know, that's Yeah, survival. Yes, yeah. And I think yeah. that's how people, you know, over the past 18 months have been living in this, you know, survival brain, not making good decisions, you know. Well, not, uh, not having so a choice even, being yeah. told no. what to think. Yeah. That's yeah, even yeah, more yeah. scary, actually. So, yeah, so I'm sure it's, it's so to do with um, you know how you know that that purpose as you've got and all, you know all of us have got purpose mm. I think that's so important. Well mission mm. and purpose in life um, is one of the critical influences in having a long healthy mm. life in longevity mm. anyway but thank you for your intros because Jules you set it up perfectly because the reason why mm. I really wanted to organize this today is that um, I I know that we are only part way through what I like to think of as a major cleanup on the planet. Mm. And we have needed to do this cleanup for a really long time. And it looks like it's chaos out there, but actually there is a perfect, wonderful, natural order to what's happening. And you almost have to tear down the old before you can build the new. Mm. The new is going to be very community-based, it's going to be heart-centered, it's going to be very based on the fact that you know we are humans and what do we as humans need. But um, one, of the, one of the things I'm interested in hearing from all of you is that my own sense is that the way we achieve this in the best way possible is for each and every person to live their best life, to find their own happiness so that their resonance raises, to find what works for them. And in fact, what we have been asked to do um, what we've been guilted, they've been trying to guilt us into doing things for others, takes you out of yourself Mm. and suddenly you're being made responsible for others, which I have very strong feelings about. Um, But, you know, how, how, you know, how do you live your best life? How do you actually Mm. give yourself permission? And for somebody who's come from that survival place, what, each one of you, what, what do you, what do you feel is the best way of getting, you know, free of that well Jules probably knows a lot more about this than me because today today this day I'm actually I'm going to just well sorry wind back a bit which is I was just telling Jules that actually I saw this amazing video by Dr Sam what's her name Sam Bailey Sam <coughs> Bailey and she was interviewing this lady called Mary Oh, I forget her name now. Anyway, this Mary had been, uh, basically, she flying back to New Zealand, and she, uh, because that's her country, mm-hmm. and when she got there, she was detained in a quarantine mm-hmm. place. And she, her truth was, her kind of position, her line in the sand was, I don't want to do the PCR test. Now, if she didn't agree to this PCR test, she was then mm-hmm. detained, instead of for five days, she was detained, and I might have some of these details wrong, so correct me, you know, so Mary, if you're out there, mm-hmm. correct me, but, but basically she was then detained for about 24 days, part of it in solitary confinement, 
And mm. anyway, the story she said, you know, the story she was telling, um, I, you know, not whether people agree with that or d disagree with that, whatever your position is on that, mm. but it was this, the way she tackled it. And she basically, just listening to this lady, I was just like, oh my God, I would have bitten somebody at that point. You know what I mean? I would have actually just bitten somebody. You know, I'd have been the wrong, you know, yeah. one of those films where you chuck yeah. off the, off, 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 off the plane because you've got, kind of yes, attacked somebody do. with a gin and tonic or something. <laughs> so, so she was just amazing. And so I wrote to her, I wrote to this Mary and I said, what was it you did? Mm. And she said, I did about three things. And one of them was, was transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. And I have tried meditation over the years, and I'm just rubbish at it. You know, I'm a sort of failed meditator because uh, you're already I'm, thinking ahead too soon. Yeah, exactly. After this meditation, <laughs> what do I need to do? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, ah, one minute. Oh no! It's like hopeless. And so it's so anyway. So I'm, you know, TM is a little different. And I, as I say, I'm going today, so I will report in. And but Jules knows a lot more about this than me. So that was the first thing she did. And there were several things she did, uh, one of which was said, look at um, The Gift by uh, Edith Eager, mm -hmm. I think she's called, and The Choice, which are two amazing books, actually. Just happened to have it with me somewhere, which is this, hold on, The Gift. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so she just said, because this poor lady was in a concentration camp under the Nazi period, and she just, in just a way that she came through that as well. So sort of practical turning things, point, right? yeah, the turning point. Yeah, so basically it's, it, well, that's my sort of one thing to share now. Perhaps, you know, we'll come back mm. to other things, but it was kind of like that realisation that you need to kind of be in your own you need power. Mm. Um, yes, you need and, to go yeah. inside mm. to... Yeah, yes. to, to, because, you know, you can't... <coughs> be your best self in fear mm. and you can't so inf true. influence, I don't mean to influence in a bad way, mm. but you, you can't, as you were saying, you know, that transmission mm. of, of, you know, it, leadership actually, you can't do that if you are in a place that is not mm. um, solid and, and grounded mm. in, in that power. So that's what I'm hoping for my TM. Mm. Thank you. So that was my first little tip. So mm. Yes, I like that. Do you know a lot more about TM than me? Well, I think most of it comes from um, from being taught remote viewing for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, there are lots of different methodologies that are used to get yourself into a place where you can hear your subconscious. Mm. So many people, um, they live here. Yeah. Anything further than their nose, yeah. they, don't, they don't take any notice of. Um, and what you start to do is when you, when you start to meditate, transcendental meditation, what you start to realize is that when you quieten everything down, there's a still calm voice that will help you. You're not here alone. You are actually being helped if you're prepared to listen. Mm. Mm. That's not something <clears throat> I'll tell a good story from my um, one of my teachers called Dr. Um, Laurie. And what she talks about is the fact that when you, if you've spent your entire life just ignoring that, voice and just plowing on what you'll find is that when you do start to communicate with that voice and you start to listen to what it tells you it's like a little bit of a petulant response it's like oh i'm here now am i oh you're prepared to listen to me and it's a bit like what it becomes and that's why when you go through this process of listening to your subconscious listening to your inner self 
Because it you, sounds like you as well. Well, it's it's a different you. It's but but mm. what I mean is that in your own head it sounds mm. it sounds, sounds like, like you, and so mm. it's yeah. easy to discount in the beginning, mm. yeah. isn't it? Mm. It is. And yeah. also the focus on mental health, you know, mm. me, meaning Just, it's not good to hear voices. Mm. You know that mm. that thing which in mm. other cultures like Sri Lanka, for mm. example, mm. is very normal to hear mm. voices Absolutely. actually and accept that, as I gather from doing that anthropology I mentioned earlier. <laughs> <laughs> also, but also know, there's a yeah. sphere of is is this the truth? Am I, am I do I trust myself? Mm. Is that the real voice? Or because mm. people have got confused over what is right and wrong, and I think they're, they're starting to question their own truth. Mm. Mm. Well, if you look at psychology, you know, psychology is worked on the principle oh, you're hearing voices, have this drug. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's I'm, sedate I'm, you. Yeah. To anybody who's listening who is a good psychologist, I might I express my apologies because there are some very good psychologists out there. However, what what has happened with culture? Oh yes, please. These are really very, very yeah, nice. Very nice. Mm. By the way, I just want to say I've amazing. Been, I've been eating one. I know. <laughs> and this feeding is feeding our minds and our just amazing. The taste. <laughs> it's really good. I'm glad. But so much so much of what modern society wants you to do is to is to not connect with yourself. Mm -hmm. To follow what everybody else is doing. Do not question. Do numb, exactly numb yourself. What your mm. Numb yourself. Yeah. Um, and Do you that think that's about too many voices as well? Too many voices in that you know it's sort of like in the old. I always think of this as well. It's just like in the old days when there were lots of prophets and things like that. There was complete silence, radio silence. And I believe mm. you, you will absolutely know this, but they're they're actually using uh, different bandwidths now that have never been used before. So they're using to get the radio signals. I'm not <coughs> talking about you know anything dodgy, but you know they're using they're using a different bandwidth of signals so mm. that all even that silence is now being crowded out with voices and mm. i'm just wondering if you were a prophet ages ago and you were able to choose to tune into something and with all this noise how, how much of the, that voice would you hear do you, is that right. a bit obscure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well i think there's noise at so many levels as well mm. i mean it's yeah. this from the very high frequencies down to just the constant What's going yeah. on around us? Yeah, I mean, just a physical mm. noise. I mean, yeah. that we can see sort of gross noise, if you like. And in fact, who, if you on a daily basis, who actually gets peace just on a general daily basis? Mm. Unless you physically choose to go out or mm. you meditate. Mm. But even well, in a moment of meditation, sometimes yeah. it's distractions, a car mm. going by. Or... But you know, um, with meditation, everyone can breathe. And you can use breath work as yeah. meditation. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't even yeah. have That's to go. Your moment, isn't it? Yeah. That's your moment. Yeah. Because there's that pause mm. between the in-breath and the out-breath. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. that can take you everywhere. Yeah. And so it's what I always um, mm. invite people is to just breathe. Yeah. Mm. You know, four or five breaths mm. a minute mm. a day to just breathe. Yeah. Even if you just focus with your eyes open on a, on nature, on yeah. a tree, mm. on something, you will find a stillness and, and, and move learn, into And learn it. to tune out the physical mm. noise that's out there as well. Exactly. I'm very sensitive to um, the cacophony that I can feel in other people's thoughts. Mm. I couldn't, I, I really struggle to be in London and to be in, in cities. And one of the reasons why I'm so thrilled with where we've got the office here mm. Is I, I, you know, I don't know if you can tune into the piece that we're sitting in here, but there's headspace, mm. and you have that where yeah. you live, and yeah. you're mm. just down the road. I'm not sure yeah. where where you are, but the, are yeah. you in no, town? I am in in the town. I mean, it, it's a lovely town, but mm. um, and a very well. ancient one. Um, but yeah, but then I've got the South Downs behind me and the sea in front, so you you know you can so you, get that. You've got nature yeah, around yeah. you, and um, and that. The nature that's missing for so many people is that uh, I just 
I would urge people to find it, go out, take a train even, mm. you know, go walking, just find nature around you. And, and put the phone away, you know, mm-hmm. put the phone, I, was, I find that very difficult. I, I found this whole thing very difficult very challenging I must mm. say mentally because I'm, I'm somebody who questions absolutely everything which is good good and bad I mean mm. to Jules's point which is if you're trying to work it all out it's it's kind of like you're crowding your brain out with um, it, I mean meaning to trying to get to the bottom of something that probably you cannot get to the bottom of mm. you know even if you knew and even if you knew what would, good would that do so I, I the, you know this is hence I think this absolute preparation for being very grounded, you mm. know. So, but, but what about what about your? I mean, sort I, of I take on so it. So I, I find at the moment people are struggling even to go to basic meditation. I mean, the breath I think is the closest you can get. Even that point where you go in and out on the breath is such a great focal point, isn't it? Um, it makes it it makes it easier. But you but you've done an awful lot for people in terms of communication and mm. finding themselves and mm. being able to find a voice. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. that's. Can yeah. you can you talk a little bit about some of that work? Because I think so many people struggle to find their voice as well I to find themselves. On a practical level, for people watching this, if if the concept of meditation feels a bit too much, too far to go, I, one of the best things is a piece of paper and just taking thoughts and just releasing them mm-hmm. onto paper, literally. And mm-hmm. I, I try and explain to people if I'm doing any interventional work that you. you if you're going to focus on dark, you have to focus on the light. You can't have it's the yin and yang of the world, isn't it? Otherwise, all you'll ever do is focus on what's dark. But you yeah. can't experience darkness without light. So that contrast is where I'll get people to say, "Okay, well, if we're in a bit of a dark place right now, why don't we just sit and write down all the things you're grateful for? Let's just start with that. Just mm. capturing out of everything that's happened this last year, for example." What's come out of it that's been good? What are the great things? Because people will complain and moan about all the stuff that's mm. negative. And gathering that on paper often sees a shift in their consciousness, maybe not as deep mm. as a meditation, but they start to be aware of, okay, these are good things that have been happening. Yeah. And then you look at the darkness and say, okay, well, out of that, what I often get people to do is just to say, well, what have I got control over and what don't I have? Mm-hmm. there's some things we don't have I mean look at the polarity that's existed about masks no masks where you can go where you can't go walking down the street people crossing the road because you haven't got a mask or whatever so people are walking around with all these fears so mm. what I find in working at the moment well with people is just to write down what they do feel they have control over versus what they don't have mm. and then starting to put some effort behind purpose so the things that they're excited about so it's almost okay what am I grateful for yes there's all this darkness out there let me take what I can see that I have got control over and let me start to put some effort and some purpose behind that mm. and um, and try and tune out. Mm. And then often they're able to still themselves and mm. this is where we can move mm. to meditation. Mm. But what I've been finding a lot of people are still chattering along mm. in their heads about, mm. so taking it out and capturing it on mm. paper is such a release. I've done it with people that have had mm. physical, emotional, mm. sexual abuse. And when they write it down, actually we were just talking to somebody yesterday, she was multiple abuses through her youth um, and the conversation was around what are the strengths that you've gained as a result of mm. these experiences because otherwise all you're ever going to do is focus yeah. on the pain mm. <clears throat> and actually a lot of independence a lot of ability to spot things that are coming from the world that might be threatening and a lot of good strength there as well mm. so I think we often That's, forget to look at the we do what's good in, mm-hmm. in the darkness mm-hmm. as well yeah. but, because also when you can see in the darkness and you can acknowledge it, you release it. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we release yeah. our shadow, 
it yeah. leaves you to move to a much more positive mm. place. But then yeah. what all of you are describing as well is about frequency change, isn't it? Mm. Because yes. you know what it feels like. I mean, everything comes down to frequency yeah. at the at the end of the day. And whether if you're in that really low place, mm. and you can you're, feel it. You can, you can feel it. You're it. down. Yeah. You're totally yeah, down. Everything's down. Mm. And then you're and then life is crap, isn't it? Mm. You know, you seem to attract all kinds yeah. of things, and it all just spins off that. The minute you get into appreciation. Mm. You change your resonance, mm. you change your frequency, everything changes. Yeah. And I think that was that was the point, is that we are going to navigate what's coming for us so much better yeah. if we can live our best life yeah. and be in a yeah. in a higher frequency, because then we have this ability to, to affect everyone around us as well. Mm. Well, actually, another magic thing, and I don't know if anybody's got experience of this, or, or, or similar, is for me, is um, Qigong. Yes, mm. which oh. I just love, and it's very easy to do, mm-hmm. and you don't have to be kind of like Tai Chi. I used to have a Tai Chi teacher. I did Tai Chi for about about three weeks, and the bloke used to walk. <laughs> I thought you said three years. Three years. <laughs> he used to walk around with a stick and whack you. I'm sure that's not a typical Tai Chi sure that's experience. Not it's about pain and pleasure. Yeah, yeah, no, he just got. And that's it, you know, So, because you couldn't get that ball thing right, you know, and I'm sure there's lots of Tai Chi people that do it perfectly and it's not their experience of it. I can imagine that your reaction. Mine. I imagine you didn't bring a stick with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then I, I discovered uh, Qigong because Qigong is kind of like being absolutely grounded and it's sometimes, mm. if people are t- tend to be in their heads a lot, it, this is about solidly in your power, um, just like... And what happens is, it's like actually, you know, and I've used this on various people quite near and dear to me, um, quite close to me, mm-hmm. my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, you know, doing doing Tai Chi and just going, you know, and going, mm. and he just doesn't, you know, it's just like he goes, okay, well, let's mm. do it another way then. Well, mm. Thanks. Mm. You know, it's this very calm sort of just, you know what, mm-hmm. this is my space but also yeah. it it transmits i don't know if this is right but it sort of transmits that to other people i, say, really, I think it does too. You know even you're doing that there's almost like this layer yeah, absolutely like, as soon as you I, do it i felt the change and i was thinking to myself do you actually put your hands up or do you do it in your mind i do it in my mind mm. yeah mm. i just do it in my mind but, it, it but, makes, but even the hands work actually mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when i'm training up new speakers and they get very nervous about going to stage i just say as you walk up they just imagine you're creating a bubble around you mm. yeah. and whatever your shield is um, just to protect yeah. you to feel safe um, but I think you can take a lot real. on when you're around people yeah. as well, well exactly yeah. that's what I think yeah. with this whole thing you know and especially if you're quite head based as I am you know I'm quite um, well I'm quite academic you know in yeah. the sense that you know I have to read 50 papers on something and you know I try and work it all out but you just can't work it all out and it's just also just to realise that this doesn't do, do you good if you're sitting all the way up mm-hmm. in your head all the time. No. You have to just be embodied. So that's another good tip is mm-hmm. is the Tai Chi, not Tai Chi. Qigong. <laughs> not Tai Chi with a stick, do you No, no. If this fails, you get a stick out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything else that's outside of your control, 
in the mm. same way that you've just said, Kate, you have to let it go because mm. you can't change it, you can't affect it, but everything that's within your yeah. remit mm. to change, you can make mm. that decision to change it or mm. to control it or, mm. or what you do with it. Sometimes it can only be very small things like what you eat, for instance, mm -hmm. but a small change can actually be a very powerful mm -hmm. change yeah, and lots of, lots of little changes, as I always say to my clients, lots of small changes actually add up to a great big yeah, change agreed. when you mm. look back over yeah. it. It's that yeah. one degree change now yes. that over mm. time, as opposed to something a 90 degree exactly. bend. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. If, you, if you say to somebody, right, you're going to change your way of eating and you're going to eat like this every day, then you... Yeah. Then the, the, it's too much. But mm. if you say, right, this Sound. week you're going to have one extra vegetable and mm. next week you're going to have another extra vegetable mm. and you're adding on, as you say, the little yeah. one degree things, mm. all of a sudden you are eating like this, and, but you mm. don't realise it. Yeah, no, it no, happens. It's, so, it's a journey. Oh, it's a corny thing to say. It's a journey. Yeah. It's true. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut across you. What's also really interesting about that is when you start doing that, it's how others observe you whilst mm. you do that. Yes. When you make that change, <clears throat> and someone sees you make that change, that gives them the courage to think, well, if you've made that change, then I can do the same thing. Mm. Mm. And if you're doing it, like you say, with, with small angles, just, def just mm. deflecting very slightly away from what you were before, mm. you have a chance to maintain it. As you were saying, is if you go off at 90 degrees, there's a very strong possibility mm. you're going to you be straight back, back yeah. because it's too much. Mm. But you do it just a little bit by time, and eventually the, the deviation from the norm becomes massive. And, and you can't go back. The, yes. Firstly, you can't go back. You don't want to go no. back no. because no. you can see the difference. Yeah, you can, yeah. And the reason why it was quite pertinent was um, uh, my partner's daughter. She was, she's gone through this whole thing. She's 12. But what I've really noticed with her is that she's taken a really close eye on what she eats. Mm. Because we've always been healthy, well, I'm vegetarian, my, um, <clears throat> my partner is very focused on food and eating healthily. Um, we've not said anything. We've just continued to be mm. healthy. And suddenly I looked at her the other day and I just realised when she was standing next to my friend, she glows. Mm. She's got this glow mm. about her. Mm. Because she decided mm. what she was going to do yeah it was her choice it was her choice mm. and yes. now i there's nothing you could do to wave a chocolate bar under her nose and go you want this you go mm. no because i know what i want i want mm. to be healthy yeah i want mm. to follow my mm. path and and i think a, a really strong message to everybody is always if you do make those very small changes it's not just you who's benefiting it's everyone mm. around you is benefiting and you don't have to make really big things. You can just keep making small changes. Mm. But uh, I'm interested to hear from both of you, actually, um, what how you think, you know, because I suppose people listening as well might be thinking, well, yeah, that's all very good. But, you know, as we all believe you should change yourself, as I've just said. But, yeah. but, but that's going to be a long, long time before before everybody makes that change. Do you think, actually, that could be quite, therefore, in effect, it starts a momentum and it's quite quick. Or do you think, actually, gosh, we're talking centuries here? That's a great question. Mm. Well, my experience has been when you start the change, as you said, other people mm. around you, people observe. Mm. And it's the law of attraction, isn't it? You tend to attract people to you that are more in alignment with who you are. 
and the ones that aren't so aligned, you, that's the tough one, is making decisions. Mm. Do yes. I want to stay in that space yes. and hang out with those people? Sometimes their family would wake up mm. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Versus um, my experience has been over the years, just each change, I've found new people have come into my life. Yeah. And you tune more and more into that. I mean, this look mm. at today is an example mm. of that. Mm. I, th I think it happens quicker on a macro level on a global level I think we're talking a long time personally mm -hmm. but there will be a tipping point mm -hmm. it's just if we keep thinking how do we shift the world as opposed to shifting our own small community mm -hmm. enough small communities suddenly start to mm -hmm. make so making, making the yes. shift within first yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly and then and, and just imagine if everyone did that I know I know it's happening in pockets all is, over the world right now, we, we, yeah. we, the invitation Amazing. to expand consciousness is massive at the moment yeah. Yeah. and many many people are answering that call and other people they're feeling they're feeling a pull to certain mm. things they're they're, yeah. they're they're feeling the need for change they're wanting to do different things and all i would say to anyone watching is please answer that voice yeah. and and follow the call within yeah don't they, wait don't wait yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of younger people actually yeah. want i mean you know this from our podcast yes. lots of young people wanting mm. it yes but they're, yeah. they're still that social is it is it the right thing to do mm. right now? But they're, I mean, but they're the future leaders of the world, yeah. you know. Yeah. So they they need to they need to be making. It might change. be an interesting energy shift, as you were alluding to there, because um, because before 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 you know before before <laughs> before before <laughs> before there was life, Back and then there is <laughs> when God was a lad, and then there is now. <laughs> It's interesting because I think everybody was so kind of like, actually, there's a, a God, why am I talking about anthropology so much? There's this guy called Erickson who wrote a book called, I think it's called Overheated. And it was literally about the overheating of culture. And, um, you know, everybody's rushing so fast. Every, you know, people are yeah. whizzing around on planes. They're doing everything. You know, it's all sort of speeding up. And, and I don't know if you predicted it, but I mean, you know, interesting concept that basically it kind of basically burnt itself out with a big bang, you know. But, but it's interesting because I think a lot of people with this have, have actually looked and said, okay, well, actually, you know, like with, with me, actually, looking much more into the spiritual thing, because I've always looked, I mean, I've been a very head-based person before, previously. Um, so it's much more, you know, about finding my tribe and about mm. actually having the courage to find my tribe mm. and the courage to be what I think is right i'm always right obviously but the courage to be you know courage to think you're right and the courage to hold your line mm -hmm. the courage to hold your line right. in the sand yeah. and just say this is actually where my line is and and i think i found that courage in this whole thing actually is to, to mm. really say this is this is me and actually yeah. i've looked into it and this is where i think the line of the sand in the sand is mm. um so i think that's been a very important lesson in this whole thing and for other people listening, it's just to, mm. to, to know where that line is. It's a very oh, healthy I'm... line, sorry Melissa, because mm. to not, to, to hold your own authority, mm. and I'm a great one for always talking about sovereignty, because mm. people haven't really understood the concept of sovereignty necessarily, but now we need to be that more than ever, because mm. to hold the line, to listen to the voice within, to hold your own authority, and actually to have the confidence to run things through that authority and if it doesn't resonate mm. to be able to actually say no thank you yes mm. you know the, it's the Absolutely. it's the courage to not belong necessarily mm. right. yes yeah. and, it, and it does yeah. feel very awkward because if you because if you feel like you're the you know especially as we're such social animals to feel mm. like you're the person who is being a bit awkward or being the person who actually is saying a bit awkward <laughs> 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 what? I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's just sort of just just 
holding that and um and, and which is okay as well it's yeah. okay to be aware of that yeah because you know you've got a stick in your hand so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. i think that's the other challenge is that we're in a society now where if you are different mm. and you don't cut your hair for many years whatever <laughs> all of a sudden you stand out yes what's wrong with that who gives yeah. a, i mean this is who i yeah. am mm-hmm. i think we've lost that yeah because because that uniqueness mm. i mean it's all about schools but yeah there's so much conformity yeah but you have to break with your company if somebody mm. will come through the door it's like you, getting them to think differently. You so you were about to say something. Mm. I was just going to go, um, Ro, you said about losing people in your life or mm. things changing. And I yeah. think it's been a very interesting time the last 18 months with so many shifts and um, lots of gaps and people moving in different directions. And again, it's something that I've had for a very long time, but it's the concept that people come into your life at different times so mm. the people that are in your True. life for a lifetime are very few and far between and mm. are very very precious but people also come into your life for reasons mm. so they're there for a moment and then they're gone and they stand out in your memory and in your life and they're, they're a, a turning point mm. often mm. very often mm. and sometimes they come in for a season so mm. they're there with yeah. you for Agreed. quite a long time they're there but they're again they're there for a purpose and then me. you diverge and take yeah. different mm. pathways yeah. and we're very scared mm. for people to move away True. from us or for us to move away from people more and more these days and I've held that particular concept close for a long time because mm. it reminds me that... So you're sort of letting go of people at various different stages on the road. Yeah, Is because it's, it's a natural mm. evolution. It's mm. a natural process. And if we have that awareness, mm. we can go, OK, I'm really sad that this person is not in my life anymore, but they gra- need to go and do, do yeah. what they've done. And they've brought... Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah all these wonderful things to me yeah. and it's just the natural course of life of our journey for want of a better word and many people are going baggins on that one actually mm. aren't you sort of bilbo baggins sitting in mm. his little hobbit hole or wherever he was and then actually it takes pretty brave a brave yeah. i am yeah. basically bilbo baggins except i don't have hairy feet <laughs> um, <laughs> you know sitting by the fire and being very comfortable sitting by the fire but but having the courage to be winkled out of your hobbit hole you know you're at the shires and and being forced to go on a journey that you really don't want to be forced on but what you're what I was thinking mm. of what you were saying is all those people that he meets along the way yes. and that he has to you know in effect obviously it's an allegory for the for, for something or other but but you know that's that and then letting go of those people and in fact actually people have dying along the way you know so yes. letting go of those yeah, people yeah. so yeah so be, everybody has to be a Bilbo Baggins who's I, brave and mm-hmm. courageous I, I would say that is the definition of the deepest love because if yes, if, yes. for yeah. you to truly say that you love and care for somebody is to mm. celebrate them doing what is right for them. Yeah. I think there is yeah. a little bit too, there is a there is a bit of a malaise in society where they think that loving someone means that they should stop whatever they are doing mm. in order for them to do something for someone else. Mm. Now that's not to say there are times in our lives where we do choose to give up some of our life for someone else mm. but that's your choice yeah exactly. yeah there is there is a lot of uh restrictions mm. placed on people that make them think that that's love but actually to me the, the the deepest form of love is to say to somebody i 
love you so much and it will be upsetting you today but I love you more for what you are going to do when you leave mm. and what the other people mm. are going to experience yeah, and so I want true. them to experience you mm. in whatever form that you yeah. take as you mm. move forward in your life yeah. and you see a lot of that you see one of the most unhappy people the people that have not chosen to follow the path. Right. Yeah. They chosen. know exactly. deep down yeah. in the ears what they do. And going back to what you were talking about, mm. so many times you can go back to those root points. I, I decided to allow somebody else to take control of my life. Mm. Yeah. And suddenly you look at that and you say, that was the root point. Yeah. Yeah. which it all went wrong yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to spot though isn't it That where that it can come in mm. some very very nice outfits and sparkly hats you <laughs> yeah. know, it's, it looks great at the time and then suddenly hang on a minute I dug myself a big yeah. hole there suddenly pride starts coming in mm. and suddenly I'm too proud to admit that I was wrong mm. or to correct those mistakes and it's too much of a deviation to go back and understand what I should have done. Well, that's back to you then about communication, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. that must be a very important that that dance that people kind of yeah might do in their lives. And I'm not saying should do, but that you know, instead of reaching the cliff edge and thinking, you know, blimey, Riley, I can't, you know, I can't do this anymore with this particular person. I must shake yeah. them off the journey yeah, because yeah. it's that's that's too shocking and abrupt, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of a lot of it as well is that that point where if I'm holding on to this, what am I holding on to it mm. for? Yeah. Mm. Is it yeah. for my benefit yeah. or, or is it for theirs? Most of the time, it's driven by our own ego, isn't mm. it? This need to feel safe. That mm. fundamental that triangle of mm. in a pyramid of, of like security, mm. and I think that communication that goes on internally often is an internal wrestle yeah, yeah. with who am I? Yeah. I actually think this year and the next couple of years a great chance for people to reset and actually go right. Let's reset the compass. It's true What's my identity? What is it? I actually, who do I stand for? What do I stand for? I think yeah. too many people still look outside to find out who they are exactly. instead of going within. Yeah. And, and what? This year's stopped all that because mm. their identity's been a bit fractured by a world that's disjointed. And of course now there is so much division and the division yeah. on the planet is that's almost so enhancing the shadow Isn't on it? the planet. Yeah. And even if you've made other choices yeah. to the people around you, if you can actually stand in your sovereignty, you naturally have a more open heart with yeah. more empathy and more compassion so that mm. you then don't hold those people as wrong. You know, because everyone is expressing yeah. their choices. And that, for me, is a very important thing, is that if someone makes a different choice to you, have the empathy and compassion to allow them to walk that path. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean that you're mm. going to walk the same you, path. You can't be the person who's then sort of holding somebody else's feet to the fire for the choices they've decided no. to make. Yeah, it's no, so it's not a right or wrong. I think the interesting thing about this whole thing really as well has been um, this sort of difference in sometimes, you know, without because we never talk about politics, so don't worry, I'm not going to, but it's the sort of left and right agenda mm. sort of thing, which is maybe this polarisation. But actually what we've found is brothers and sisters under... Who actually hold a bigger view of humanity, and there is no left and right. In effect, it's actually people who, who, who you probably wouldn't have gone into bed with before, if you know what I mean, in yeah. terms of views. Yeah. People who hold very radically different mm-hmm. views, Agreed. but actually being able to see that they have a point. I think mm. that's been a great gift for me personally in this whole thing. And actually going, gosh, I would have never listened to that podcast before. Mm-hmm. But actually, okay, I don't agree on some things, but do you know what? Actually, they call, or they hold a common humanity that I can yeah. see. Do you, is that your experience? Y- yeah. I think the ch- 
for anyone watching that's having pain, a lot of it is because there's a wrestle as well between mm -hmm. these polarities. Mm -hmm. Like you talk about brother and sister, even in families at the moment, there's, there's differences in yeah. views. Yeah. And I, a lot of what I've noticed this year is people dispensing energy just on wanting to be right. Mm -hmm. This is my opinion. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't my brother or my sister mm -hmm. or my auntie or my uncle, <clears throat> why not just let that go? Yeah, well, yeah, that experience can be like a passing moment. Be, a, be okay with it. Be okay yeah. with it. Yeah, be and at peace just, with it. Just be at peace with it because you don't know what's going to happen. How, what does it serve you to wrestle mm. with it? I months? think that's people. Are, I know people have fallen out and families mm. are just yeah. fractured yeah, because yeah. of the different views over this last twelve mm. months. But it's knowing where you are. I think that's the, the where. I mean, because you know, early on in the whole in thing, and, you know, it's because also as I say, I was really trying to work everything out and reading so much and and you know, I mean, you know, not. And check, double checking my sources and making sure, as you know, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? I've got the reference studies and all this, you know, that's you and me, totally. And then actually, it just falling on completely deaf ears. You know, I said it's almost like being, I mean, being someone like who's that bloke, Noah, you know, standing, mm -hmm. you know, by the ark and going, It's gonna rain. And they go, <laughs> You know, you go, No, really, I'm like, No, but the caftan's nice, but honestly, it's gonna rain. Oh, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> So that's who I felt. I felt like Noah standing there and everybody just giving me, flicking me B signs. But anyway, I don't want to be right because it did rain, right? But, uh, no, but I mean, you know, that feeling of trying to convince people to your view and uh, yeah. actually, you know, what people, uh, you have to give that compassion. Uh, that's a, another big theme, isn't mm. it, really? Um, about just going, okay, even you that, don't hold my view. But that, even that comment is so valid. It's like trying to get people to see my view. Anything you push against, mm. naturally, the universe yeah. pushes back, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It does. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's funny that you start looking at the way things have changed mm. just in the last year or so. How many people knew about cancel culture two years ago? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No. Nobody. Yeah. But, now, but now it's but now common it, parlance. It, it, it is common parlance. Even, mm. even if you turn on the brainwashing mm. on the, the news channels, they're already talking about hate speak, you know, cancelling people, so on and so forth. Mm. That person isn't allowed to speak. Yeah. <clears throat> this polarisation just drives more and more fear right. and mm. more and more distinction between people. You know, you're, I can't be friends with you because you have a different opinion to mm. me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, I don't know if anybody remembers, something really bad happened in Germany sort of about 80, 90 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Burning books. Right. Cancelling mm -hmm. people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's been a very, yeah. very and, then going, and then getting to the point where that person can't walk around unless they've got a piece of paper in their pocket. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you start hearing the echoes of the past mm -hmm. coming but forward It's quite again. a common theme in history, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, that yeah. the sort of cancel culture in effect I mean it's obviously to do with power dynamics you know where one religion's right one religion's wrong you know it's 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 really quite a common thing and what is it with humans uh, is it a tribal thing where look you're in my gang you're not in my gang it's sort of I'm thinking Genghis Khan or somebody you know there's a brilliant book about Genghis Khan by the way but you know galloping across the plains and and just kind of like having to consume everything and then having to make these cultures that he absorbed into, in effect, um, Mongolian culture, you know, um, having to make them into, or, or, or merging the cultures and making them kind of um, the same culture. Do you see what I mean? Having to eradicate difference. We have to homogenize. What is that? Homogenize, mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's the word for but it. But you yeah. see, you've, you've brought us right back. So, I mean, if we all stood in our sovereignty and 
were in our power, raised our own frequencies because we lived our best lives, and we then accepted everyone else doing the same thing. Look how quickly yeah. we would change the paradigm. Yeah. The whole human collective would, would, get would shift. You, it would just. But actually, another it, yeah, practical thing yes. you mm. could Absolutely. do, which is what we did in our city, uh, is our, the we used to have a gala in Chichester, which was um, you know we used to dispense um, cornflowers, which was mm. a sign of friendship. Mm. Mm. So we we reintroduced, and unfortunately there was lockdown, so it kind of went. <laughs> But, but we introduced having cornflowers as a, an emblem to wear, so people to wear, for people to say hello to each other. So if you're wearing the cornflower, people say, oh, hi, how are you? You know, what's, you know, and so it's, it's, it was a way. But isn't it sad that yeah. we've got to that point where you need a cornflower to yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. people were masked, you see, so, so mm. people didn't yeah. see the smile between, behind right. that. And so, and people also sort of. And so the cool you know, there's a whole conversation says, even yeah. around that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the lack of smile. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. you're saying that's so true. So yeah. it was, yeah. and also bringing back that compassion, which is, mm. you know, just because, you know, that's, you know, obviously, probably outside is probably not a good thing <laughs> in any respects. But, uh, but, you know, that sort of way that the, actually the most important thing is the human connection, you know, rather than the fear of anything. So, you know, just, just anybody lives out you know in their own cities to introduce a way where people mm. start to reconnect and actually start to listen to each other and and you may have radically different views but mm. you know just just being able to have that conversation mm. and, and not be right mm. you know mm -hmm. exactly actually. but it's actually community is just is yeah. the key element of this we've seen mm. we've seen the destruction of community over the last 20 30 years and it's and it's dug really deep into people and it creates a fear of that reconnection yeah you yes. know, we, you know so many people are, are in fear now of actually oh should i walk on the same side of the pavement exactly. as my neighbor mm -hmm. you know and you know oh am i what is my social responsibility mm. for you? Mm. You can hear them saying it in their mm. heads as they're and walking towards you. And I'm and saying nothing. Mm. My I'm responsibility good. is good. me. You, you just know? rock on. You mm -hmm. know, it's, and it becomes a constant limiting factor for people to reconnect mm -hmm. because mm. all of this has been placed. You're mm. You've been given the responsibility for my health. Mm. Mm. You've been given the responsibility mm. for my health. You've been suddenly... My responsibility for my health is now belonging to everybody else, not yeah. my own. Yeah. Well, this has tipped the whole yeah. thing. It's, once again, it's an so inversion. Eat what you like. It's an inversion. Yeah. Eat what you like. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's be hamburgers and, uh, <laughs> and the buns and all the chips. Uh, it on. Because but, it's but yeah, exactly. But yeah. Jules, the, the more sinister side of that mm. is that, as you well know from all your remote viewing and mm. your everything else, is that if you do that and if you then keep taking people outside for themselves and making them responsible outside and outside, they are not able to stand mm. in sovereign authority. Absolutely. You, 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 you can't do that, so you can't find your own power. Mm -hmm. and, and I would implore people watching to, to still find your power, no matter what is happening around you, what mm. directives are coming out, mm. because mm. you know we are free in our minds and we can mm. make our own choices. Mm. And I think it starts with mm. you know not... If you hear a voice, don't question. Go back to the meditation. Yes, yeah. mm. yes. Just, just okay. There it is. Try and turn the volume yeah. up. Yeah. Listen to yeah. it. 
Yes. Because everything else is tuning Absolutely. it down or friend frowns or yeah. something. Yeah. And you go, um, mute it, put it back in a box. Right. Yeah. Hide it away. Lots of people do hear voices, actually. I mean, you know, and, and I think it's been very shunned, that kind of, yeah. you know, actually really hearing, you know, a voice. Mine, oh, mine is goose, that. so I'm getting it now. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah. So yes, that, when, when there's a real resonance, mm, straight away, I just, yeah. Yeah. I just get these yeah. goosebumps happening. Yeah, yeah. But, that's, but that's the voice speaking to you as well yeah that's yeah that's your guy you get that too so i do a lot a huge amount um but all of this i think the other thing that we forget or we rely on other people to make ourselves happy Mm -hmm. these days and actually everything that you've said really reminds me that actually to be happy i have to be happy in myself and the only person that can make me happy is me is you yeah Anyone else that comes into my life that then can add to that is great, but it has to be a separate thing, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not happy in me, somebody can't come into my life and make, and make me happy. No. No, exactly. So everything that we've discussed, mm-hmm. you, you have to have that inside yourself and then yeah. you can invite other people in who will share that and enhance it. If anybody's watching, they're like, but how do I know? One fascinating thing with happiness is I used to do a lot of work where I'd ask people, how do you know if you're happy? I'd get a pen and paper, and it'd be like a set of rules. In order for me to be happy, what has to happen? Oh, my husband has to text me at the end of the day to tell me he loves me. Uh, my kids have to do this. And all of a sudden, you could see there's all the external things. Mm. Yeah. If this happens, yes. and this happens, mm. then I'm happy. Yeah. So when we sort of changed the rules around happiness and said, okay, what about if it's something you're, you wake up in the morning, take a deep breath, I'm happy. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And you change those mm-hmm. rules mm-hmm. and yeah, relax yeah, them interesting. so that it's not, and yeah. they have to do this. Because and all the my... time you're disappointed, aren't you? Right. Mm-hmm. You're going like, you didn't so text me, so if you just have oh, exactly. control over it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah, happy yeah. if I walk along the street, I can smile at somebody. Mm-hmm. And when people rewire their rules around mm-hmm. happiness, actually, I find they just, re- they just relax a lot more. That's yeah. it's very true. Yeah, really, really. really I think. True. I think. Sorry, and I think the other thing is, which which we've all was sort of generally sort of talking on the theme of that kind of your own kind of sovereignty mm. to your point is also. And I seem to sort of a bit deep, really. But we're only here for a really short time. This this yeah. isn't it. This isn't it. But this may not be it. A and B. You know, we're just uh, we're just a shadow on a on a you know a flitting shadow as we whiz past on a train. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we are. Yeah. And actually, it's to get it in proportion to say, actually, okay, it's our moment, but 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 let go of that moment and actually, do you know what? Um, it's okay. It'll be it'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever. All happens, things pass. It'll yeah. Pass. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think these days with that sort of fear of. In effect, we've been, or people, some people have been so, what do you call it, preoccupied with, de- mm. you know, in effect, death or, or security yes. or kind of like illness. Um, but we just can't stop that, mm. you know, and, and whatever, you know what I mean? We can't, we can't hold, be like King Canute and be holding the tide back. Mm. It's just like actually just to let go of that, hold the line in the sand, whatever that might, might mean for you, mm. hold your sovereignty mm. um, and actually just. I'm talking this. It sounds like I know what I'm doing, but I haven't got a clue. Actually, so just in case. But you're you dancing with it. Yeah, you're dancing with it. You're making perfect sense. Yeah, that'd be nice. So that's where we're we're trying to head, and I think that's the thing, which is none of us got it sussed. We just have to. But actually, even the word dance is great. A lot of people talk about this battle they're having, but if you just shift the wording you use around experience, I'm dancing with it rather than fighting it. It's like dancing in the rain. And you only ever get a rainbow. 
when you have the vein. Mm, right. Mm, so, uh, yeah. and the yeah. vein just yeah. shows you yeah. that the vein has crossed. Yeah. So, yeah. there's so many metaphors, I suppose, mm. aren't there? Mm. Mm. So, so you can change that focus. Mm. I was going to say, many years ago, I, um, I came to the conclusion that when you have those negative elements to your life starting to happen to you, so many people make it almost worse by saying, oh, then this happened, and then that mm. happened, and then this happened, and oh my God, I can't possibly mm. dig my way out yeah. of that. Mm. Well, what I've always, the, the kind of, in fact, I even had it tattooed on my wrist to remind me that sometimes those negatives will create a positive that you can then use. Mm. Mm-hmm. So don't just sit there and think, oh, look at all these bad things that have happened. Actually think, well, there's a couple of bad things that I can turn around to something mm. that I've learned something. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to make it positive. There, and there are so many negative things that get fed to us on a day-to-day basis. but Continuously. Mm. Continuously. Yeah. And we get drawn down into mm. that. And mm. our vibrational energy goes lower mm. and lower. And it's, mm. it's, it's that balance. Suddenly, we then are starting... Our positive energy is being drawn into these negative thoughts. Mm. Sometimes you have to say, okay... Now that I've realised those things are negative, I'm going to make them positive. Mm. Because next time I hear those, I will know they're negative and I can have a defence against them. Mm. So we are surrounded by negative energy all the time. But we don't grow through positivity. No. No. No, You have to have the balance. You have to have the balance. So so that anything like that is a gift. Because... You know when life is trucking along perfectly yeah. and you're happy mm, as Larry, yeah. think about when you it's first fall in love. Like yeah. You don't yeah. grow, nothing moves, nothing changes. Mm. Yeah. But the minute that you know the train falls off the tracks, yeah. Yeah. suddenly yeah. you yeah. make a huge conscious, well, you conscious have shift. You have to make a yeah. conscious shift, yeah. don't you? Exactly. And I think what you're saying, Jules, I mean, there's a great quote years ago, and it's, it's always stuck with um, is it, uh, Deepak Chopra. You, you have to be a, a silent witness to the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love him. And, and I think uh, his whole concept of that yeah. really struck me when I first heard it is what you're That's saying. That's where it came from. Yeah, yeah, so just yeah. just stop in that moment yeah. and have a look at mm-hmm. it. Just float out. Yeah. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah, yeah. This person and I just passed, and we're going to, you, you, we don't yeah. beat ourselves up. Well, it's interesting because the hobbit analogy, which is, uncom- you know, is about there you are in the shires. and With hairy feet. With hairy feet. <laughs> <laughs> burning them, singeing them by the fire, and waiting for your courage to come. But actually, away in the mountains is all this stuff happening. Right. In other words, at the same moment, yeah. that's still happening. Instantaneous. But yeah. actually, if you're in the shires and you're tuned out sitting by the fire, then actually it doesn't exist. If you know what I mean. So actually, it's really where you're looking and where you are mm. of what it is that might be affecting you negatively. So does that, is that, mm. yeah. does yeah, that sound like yeah, While we're sitting here, yeah. somebody's probably been born. Mm. Yeah. Another person's just passed away. It's just yeah. everything. Yeah. But and it's, that, so it's and being you, it's the yeah. yeah. of life. Mm. Yeah. 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 And that is right. the most perfect segue, probably, into dessert. Oh. <laughs> After a happy Sounds meal. <laughs> So here we are, dessert time. It's sometimes the, the time of day that everybody's looking for in a meal, isn't it? And, um, and I just wanted to say that you can see that you can still have a healthy dessert and it's not boring. And I'm interested in your feedback because this is a, um, it's a totally non-dairy, yeah. non-cheese cheesecake. Um, mm-hmm. So with, so coconut, with coconut yogurt yeah. mm-hmm. and then we've got lovely cacao keto balls. Um, we're going to be releasing the menu 
along with all of this so people can have a look at what we were eating. But the point about what we were eating is that it's all homemade, it's all easily accessible mm. nutrients, um, loaded with colour and phytonutrients with all the secondary plant chemicals that power your immune system. And powering our immune system is really quite important at the moment, particularly mm. as we go into winter here in the UK. Um, having a wealth of colour in what you're eating, we've, we've had a, a wealth of all of nature, six colours, with all of the information that that gives our, our mm. genes. And so now please enjoy your dessert. Yes, well, thank, <laughs> thank you. Very much. And while we have dessert, it seems fitting that we have some closing thoughts about how one can best navigate what mm. is to come. Because what is to come, I think, is highly, you know, I think everyone can agree that we probably have not seen the worst. And rather than seeing many of our freedoms return to us, I think we're probably likely to see a lot more restri restriction on our freedoms, which is going to take a lot more inner strength and inner resources to be able to traverse mm. well. I so I would love to hear your thoughts on mm. how to navigate what's coming. What about a top three? Top three sounds great. You're going to kick us off, Kate. Well, if, as you notice, I'm quite bossy, so I'm going to, <laughs> yeah, I'll start off. Right, top three, top of my head. Well, definitely the, um, well, I'm a nutritionist, so uh, let's start off with diet. I mean, to, to our point, really, mm. is to stay um, metabolically flexible. Um, and, um, and, you know, there's plenty of information about all of that. I'm not going to go into that, but on your website, presumably. Where can they find that? They're going to find it on the website. Well, so your all, website, yeah. all yeah. the information is in the Food for Health campaign. Exactly. But this particular menu with all the recipes will be along with this video. Yeah, so that's the first foundation, I think, is just to get that right. And the second, I think, is um, along the lines I was saying about, you know, not everybody can meditate, absolutely. Mm. Um, I'm going to let you know how the mm -hmm. TM goes as I do my mm. first mm -hmm. lesson tonight. But also that... Qigong has been very powerful. So finding some kind of stillness methodology. And number three, I think it is just, you know, like being with family and being in your own, we were talking about the Hobbit earlier and being in the shires and in your own Hobbit house and actually looking after those around you and spreading that love to people near and dear to you. Uh, I think that's the thing is to concentrate mm. love where you can, where mm. you can share it easily. That Wonderful. would be my top three, I think. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you. Oh, gosh. How do I improve on what Kate said? 100% echo everything. Support your immune system. Uh, that's going to be key for everybody going into the mm. winter months in, in the UK, but probably around the world as well. Uh, your immune system is so important regardless find your happiness inside yourself um, and that can be lots of little small things it can be it can be big things for me seeing a beautiful flower is something that makes me happy mm. so that's a tick per day so mm. even if you find one thing a day it's it's wonderful and Stay centred and stay true to yourself. Whatever your being is, wherever you are, whatever you think, you need to stay true to yourself. Mm. Mm. Thank you.
Um, I'm going to pick a few out of the process that I take people from turning point, which I think would be really useful. I'm going to do it in reverse, and that is to start with a sense of purpose. So for people that are watching this, I think it's a great chance, particularly at the moment, while things are still relatively slow before the world picks up into this next phase of what's going to be quite intense, is asking a really sincere question of what are some of the tugging feelings they've had over their lives? What have they wanted to do? What have they put off doing? What have they been inspired about mm. in the world? And going back to that and saying, okay, what if I started to pursue some of those things? Because otherwise they're going to wake up on a daily basis mm. and all they're going to focus on is fear. Mm. And I think anybody watching this right now that is you know, evolved enough to be sat here around this table with us, and there might be thousands watching, it has to start with... It doesn't have to be a big purpose, as in life-changing but something that inspires them as opposed to just functioning on a daily basis and a way to get there is to look at two things values and beliefs mm. so a great process is to sit down and write down what do you value most in life and look at those things and normally when i'm taking someone through it we'll actually look at the hierarchy of those values because people that are unhappy might be living like i was for years trying to succeed achieve in the mm. corporate world um, and i wasn't happy with that and to, to the detriment of my health, relationship, divorce, and lots of other things that happened along the way. Um, and I think anyone watching this right now, if they actually stopped and said, okay, so what do I believe more than anything else? What are my values? What are, and if value, happiness is a value, health is mm. a value. In order to be happy and healthy, what do I need to do? Um, values can be around integrity, contribution, running a business, which has got a great sense of purpose. Because without those values, my experience is we tend to live by other people's values, what mm. we're told by mm. society, our parents. I think that's been happening a lot this last year. People's values have been thrown upside down. Mm. And so they're starting to live differently. And yes. now they actually have lost their sense of identity. And without that pure identity, they won't have their sense of purpose. And then the other thing is, and you talked about this is beliefs, what do you believe in? Mm. Um, and, and that great phrase I heard years ago is, nothing has meaning apart from the meaning we give it. Mm -hmm. if you think about every moment when we perceive a situation if we have a strong sense of our beliefs you talked about this earlier on then if we know what we believe in with a sense of conviction nothing else has to have another meaning mm -hmm. because this is who I am and this is what mm -hmm. I believe again the problem is we know this we talked about Stein mm -hmm. earlier on the first five six years of our lives are just those beliefs are moulded yes. Covid is like a household word to six year olds now five year olds four year olds and they, oh, it's because of COVID. Mm. So they have a belief system now. Mm. They can't do this, this, and this. So I think, you know, I'm getting goosebumps talking about this because I'm mm. seeing a lot of people at the moment, their whole These belief system is These tiny kids are putting their hands mm. out everywhere for all the sanitizer and yeah. everything. It's mm. just, yeah. Um, and this, you know, this table is us. And every leg we put under it is a belief. So if somebody starts breaking those legs, the table falls over. Mm. So I think anyone watching this right now, if there's three things they could work on, is deciding what beliefs they want to carry forward into this new level of consciousness what values they want to carry mm -hmm. forward and with that a natural sense of purpose will come because they'll they'll see the light from the dark i love um, that they'll do three things i think i love that thank you well. thank it's you it's funny as i'm talking to you i'm seeing mm. these these beautiful flowers here and <laughs> sunflowers <laughs> the brightness is coming through so mm. yeah mm. that's that's wonderful yeah, that's simple wonderful. but well, not so simple to do but mm. but actually in essence it works mm. yeah. but um within each person's power 
That's that's what yeah, I'm because they have control over exactly that's the point. full I can, control. Yeah, exactly. Something that you can just do yeah. today. Yeah, yeah it's practical. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if they struggle with a meditation or a jigum mm. <laughs> or a stick yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Get the stick yeah. up. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, definitely. But it comes because the, the who am I question often comes down to what do I believe and what what values mm. do I have? I mm. believe in happiness. I'm choosing mm. this moment to be happy. Mm. If somebody else wants to be happy, I'm happy. Ultimately, that's their choice. We can't take responsibility for that. Mm. No, we can't. Uh, we can't. Yeah. Lovely. Over to you, sure. Jules, to finish wow. it. <laughs> First I mean, of all, we want to know how you get some amazing hair. Actually, I do. So whatever you're taking, I'm going to have It's my own product. Actually, it's it usually comes down to a lot nothing and usually it's like washed at the bare minimum mm-hmm. and I never use a comb so it's like <laughs> argon oil, <laughs> argon oil. Mm. that's what goes on it and that's probably anything that keeps any control mm. <laughs> it's uncontrollable um, I, I can't add to what you've said I, I've been I've really been uh, I've really enjoyed listening to the conversation here mm. because it's been so enlightening for me I have only got one thing to add um, and that's compassion Mm. absolutely there's that's brilliant with with what people will go through if if they take this on board and Mm. they follow this path they are going to find that compassion is the thing that doesn't alienate them from the people around them Mm. Mm. i'm I'm probably the worst i am the worst for that because god damn it why don't you understand (laughs) you know it's you know i get so frustrated because i want to say to people look Look, if you'd have spent the last 10 years, like me, reading about this, you'd have understood, oh, mm. I've yeah. only just mentioned this to you. So you're not yeah. going to be there. And I think what what people have to understand is that the people that you speak to about this have to also mm. follow their own path. And True. it's up to them to decide. It's not up to you to force them. And you mm. have to show compassion. And you have to allow them to follow their own path. Mm. But if they... If they choose to ask you you have to show compassion for what they may experience mm. because that's their journey it's well. their journey mm. and you have to show compassion and perhaps you will be a, a, a waypoint on that journey of light of light yeah that you will draw them in and allow them to find the next waypoint mm. so that's all mm. i can add is mm. that i think just show and teaching yourself mm. and the reflection of that compassion is, is being compassionate to yourself, yourself yeah. Yeah. which I think is uh, is sometimes the hard the hardest it's difficult to do. We, so we are such hard taskmasters, yeah. yeah. Mm. So. And and trust as well. Yes, yeah. Just just being able to trust that feeling. That's yeah. a theme that's come out today. Mm. Is that it a little is. voice? Mm. Yeah. Don't trust. suppress it. Yeah. No. yeah. And that now is the most perfect time to make these changes mm. we when when everything is chaos around and when the whole structure is breaking down now is the time we need to build yeah. mm. and you start that inside here yeah. mm. and it's like you know it's like learning to ride a bike isn't it mm. you know it's so hard when you don't know how to ride a bike mm. and you've got no balance and you're being told the whole time how amazing it is when you can ride the bike and it's so easy and you're suddenly going to get it Mm. And then you suddenly do get mm. it. And it's the same thing. And I do feel that this consciousness wave that is going around the planet now is a bit like that. Mm. So you might, you know, we might be able to see the utopia of being on that other side, of being on your heart center, of being able to 
hold your sovereign breath of having the confidence mm. to stand solid and strong within but until someone else actually reaches that point they're never going to be able to see the utopia yeah. and so it comes back to your compassion again how important which is that part is. of sovereignty isn't it? it is it's part it's of sovereignty right, yeah, is, yeah. when you are in that place you can be nothing but compassionate mm, mm, mm. the human side creeps in but is, it, is that evolving though because i definitely don't think i'm absolutely not there yet you know i'm just setting off today on my tm journey you know i'm not there so it's sort of to say to people as well that that it's it's not like anybody here is sussed it. No, it's no, 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 it's a continuum. You know, it's a continuum. Yeah. Yeah. hundred years of, or more of you, you, <laughs> you never, I know, <laughs> you know, I think that's the thing is that I must have been in my 40s when I suddenly got the biggest revelation of my life mm. that it was never about the destination. Mm. Absolutely. And there's no destination. And it's just about the journey. And, you know, and I don't know, it was so freeing. It, it's given me... It's given me the most peaceful 50s mm. Mm. to Absolutely. just let go and be mm. in the moment and not try and, you know, control the destiny. Yeah, yeah. It's not to say that um, I'm not human and my humanness mm. doesn't come out many mm. times as um, mm. people around here will attest. Mm. But um, it's just, it's a constant, yeah. you know, desire to be on that continuum. Mm. But I think in the, in the, in the closing thoughts from Can me... Can I just add mm. one thing there? So, sorry, but you raised something there which I think is important. I think sovereignty, it's come up a lot today. And as you've been talking, something that's sort of resonated is, I do a lot when we talk about communication, but Carl Jung talked about these four archetypes of which one is sovereignty or the sovereign. The other one is the warrior, I think the lover and the magician. And I think often when we're in the moment, we revert to one of them. When we want to mm. shake somebody and go, listen to me, that might actually be the warrior that's coming out. So if anybody's struggling with this, it's to understand that we may react in one of those archetypes quite often. Um, mm. The magician is more creative and we mm. come up with great ideas. And in a moment of challenge, if we can't go to sovereignty, go to another one of them and have a different perspective and say, well, what mm. would the magician do in this moment? What would the warrior do? They'd probably go mm. and shake somebody mm. and say, um, what would the lover do? Probably be a little bit more compassionate and loving and then go back to the sovereign and mm. have a chat with each of those archetypes. And that mm. conversational piece actually works really well. Yeah. I found I've done that quite often That's when I'm getting into a, either I'm getting angry or frustrated yeah. or there's a conflict, I just kind of float out and go, okay, I'm in warrior mode here, let me shift mm. to the lover. What we yeah. I kind of imagine the, the, the lover whispering in my ear. But, that, but that's amazing because also the person that you're feeling that frustration with is in one of those as well, exactly, yeah. trying to bring yeah. you along <laughs> yeah. to wherever they are just listening too. to that so, voice <laughs> a bit louder than others. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. They're one of those um, conflict. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. it's coming from two different places. Right. That's so interesting. But to bring them together, mm. uh, it's almost like the sovereign sits and goes, let me have a listen to each one of those, because the warrior in us just gets stuff done, um, which is where you, your human yeah. side comes down. I know, it's just... <laughs> I want to get a result now. <laughs> Can I have one more thing, mm. though? And that's, we do all of those things that you've just said, but I think the other thing that we don't do, we listen to all these voices, but we don't actually put ourselves in the position of the person right, that yeah. we're if I was that person, confronting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I was that person yeah. and I was talking to me over there, how would I feel? Yeah. Mm. And I think we very much forget we have our own position. Yeah. And that's where we're and going. we want the other and person we, to be in our position. Yeah, yeah. 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 and yeah. actually, we have to step into their shoes and yeah. see yeah. us yeah. doing whatever we're doing, so that we can take that different perspective yeah. and have that different empathy as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take all of this and I'm going to ground it because we are still humans in physical form back into the body again. 
Um, I'm going to thank you all for joining us. This session is entitled Feasting with Purpose, which mm. I think we've absolutely mm. done. We've had a purpose. We've shared that purpose. Um, we've talked about a lot of things that um, don't just relate to food and nutrition and what we do with our bodies, because actually we're the sum total of all of that. But I would love people to think more about their physical bodies, because in order to be able to hold a higher resonance, to have the consciousness expansion, to follow your joy, to be in bliss, to do the things that you want to do in life, you need a body that is able to sustain that. Mm. And so, you know, thinking about what you're putting into it, the nutrients that you're putting in, the love that you put into your food when you're cooking it, and where you source your foods from as well, thinking about the environment. Um, it's amazing that um, all the herbs that um, Melissa used in, in her share of um, the menu all came out of her garden. So no air miles. <laughs> Very sustainable. About five footsteps each way. <laughs> and, you know, even if you've only got a grow bag on the, on the front doorstep, it's, you know, let's start thinking in a different way about what we can actually do to, to nourish our bodies. And then the last thought is about your breath. And coming back to your breath because all of this change is happening from within our bodies and in order for us to get there be in our bodies and influence that change it all comes from our breath mm. and that's something that every single one of us does every day and we don't have to learn it mm. Wow. So thank, thank you, you so much, you. all of you, for, yeah. for coming and joining us. And thank you to all of you watching as well.